I would love to invite Paul up here. Paul Manwaring is, um, has, oh, Andrew and I have known both of them for a number of years, but I think that the thing that uh, strikes me the most is Paul is so accomplished in so many ways. So he's, he was originally a psychiatric nurse, then he was the head of a prison and the organizational head of, of that uh, large organization. He has a, a master's in management from Cambridge. He sits on the executive management team of Bethel Reading, which is a very large and influential global church. And at the same time, even though he is so accomplished in all these ways, whenever I'm around Paul, I feel his care and concern for the person in front of him. I feel, I feel the compassion and the, um, and the love of God that he's exuding for every single person. That his passion is to see people ignited in their purpose and functioning in the kingdom so that the kingdom will come on earth. And that is a powerful, powerful part of what he does. So, Paul, thank you for being here. We so appreciate you. God bless you. Thank you very much. Thanks. Carol's been trying to get us here every time we meet, so we finally made it work. So we're happy. And I, I think she's probably happy, so that's okay. And uh, you have uh, a great, great leaders in the two of them. And I, I really do honestly believe that Carol is, uh, is the most competent female church leader that we're ever around. And we're around a few. And, uh, and actually, we go to two churches in England that both have women leaders co-leading with husbands. So it's very important to us, actually. So... So it's good to be here. The, the 11 a.m., does that make you different from the 9 a.m.? You've all been out for a run. Have you? You're all super fit and healthy. And or, or let's be honest, some of you just had a good coffee and a brunch or something. Is that what it was? Yeah. Well, uh, Carol uh, gave me actually a few choices, but I think she knew the one I'd choose. Um, and it's about... Uh, and it's a phrase that's often used in the church. It's about the fivefold ministry um, and the, the effect and impact of the fivefold ministry in the church. But it's quite possible that that's a phrase that lots of us in the church use, but might not be so familiar. And it comes from uh, a verse in Ephesians chapter 4, um, where, where it says that Christ gave gifts to the church. Some he gave as apostles, some as prophets some as evangelists, some as pastors, and some as teachers. And I'm, I'm going to give you some definition about what I believe they, their roles are. But to be honest, I am less interested in that one verse than I am interested in the fruit of that verse. And the fruit of that verse is, is us, is all of us. And I've often said to church leaders, um, let me just tell you this, if you're building a church, don't just build five offices because you think you're building a five-fold church. That is not what this is about. So I am going to come back to this and give some definitions. Um, and uh, I, I have a goal of, of what I want you to leave with, which I, I think is, is simple, actually, which is always good. Um, but I, I first of all, I just want to read the context of this out of the message translation of Ephesians chapter 4 just because it's just a great translation. Um, and I, there's a couple of phrases I really like. Uh, so this is Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. Um, in light of all of this, here's I, what I want you to do. While I'm locked up here, a prisoner for the master, I want you to get out there and walk. Better yet, run. 
on the road God called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. And mark that you do this with humility and discipline, not in fits and starts, but steadily, pouring yourselves out for each other in acts of love, alert at noticing differences and quick at mending fences. I really like that phrase. I think that's a good phrase. That should be a tagline for somebody. You were all called to travel on the same road and in the same direction, so stay together both outwardly and inwardly. You have one master, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who rules over all, works through all, and is present in all. Everything you are and think and do is permeated with oneness. But that doesn't mean you should all look and speak and act the same. Out of the generosity of Christ, each of us is given his own gift. There's a few things about this uh, chapter that are really important to me. Um, one of them is that these are gifts of Christ. That the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the evangelist, the teacher are gifts of Christ. And I think sometimes we can end up looking at people in the church who have these titles and think that it somehow originates with them. It doesn't. It originates with Christ. He is all five of those. The Bible says he's the first apostle. In Hebrews chapter 3, uh, the Bible says that he is prophet, priest, and king. The Bible says that he is the rabbi, the teacher. He is, of course, the good shepherd, the pastor, and he's the number one evangelist that ever walked on this earth. Um, and so the gifts that we talk about are gifts of Christ. They all describe him. They are gifts that came from him to the church. So that's one important thing about this passage. Another important thing is that Paul, the Apostle Paul, who was the terrorist of his day before he was converted, always good to remember that. I think sometimes we can read and think, you know, nice old Paul, nice guy, you know, studied the Bible, sat in a college room and wrote all these letters. He didn't. He was the terrorist. He made a career out of killing Christians. That's what he was doing. And then he met Jesus on the road to Damascus and everything changed in a, in a day he went from wanting to reduce the number of Christians on earth to wanting to increase the number of Christians on earth in a day and I love the phrase in the Bible that I, I usually use not the message although I, I like it I like to refer to it but there's a phrase that I think is really important and it Paul says this I therefore the prisoner of the Lord and here's what I believe that means, that he was a prisoner to an encounter. He had an encounter with Jesus Christ. He was a prisoner to that. He could never escape that because he was apprehended by Jesus Christ. And the way I like to look at it is he had an encounter. And every one of you in here who is a Christian, who has said yes to Jesus Christ, has had an encounter, an encounter with him. And Paul's encounter marked him. And the rest of his life, I think it's good that we always read Paul through the awareness that he was once a terrorist who had an encounter. It was undeserved, unexpected, powerful, relational, directional, invitational. That was his encounter. And everything that he wrote 
And everything he lived was the result of that encounter. And that's how we should live. And, and your encounters make you unique. They make, they're, they're special to you. How he met you is unique to you. And the fruit of it is that you're a prisoner to an encounter. See, I met Jesus by my father's dead body. He died February the 28th, 1973. And I said yes to Jesus that day. One of the things that probably marks my life's ministry is being a father to people and experiencing God as my father. Because in the absence of the father, he stepped into that gap in my life. And I know that there are people who have that same gap. And so I live to fill the gap that only our Heavenly Father can give. So it's really important to me that we recognize that Paul is writing out of that. He's, he, he's writing with confidence, with power. And he expects us to be transformed in the same way that he was transformed in what he writes. And then uh, it's also important to me that we understand that these are gifts of Christ to the church for the equipping of the saints, which is all of us. These weren't gifts to say, oh, I, I want to put five leaders in position. They're called apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, teacher. That, that's not the goal. In fact, I am less interested in that than I am in the fruit of the five. That's what matters to me. And I want to start somewhere. Uh, I'm going to start with some, some, just some simple definitions. But then I'm, I'm going to ask you a question and challenge you um, in that question. You see, apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, teacher. We, we've, we've become familiar with them as different titles of people in the church. And actually, I, I don't really think that they were given to create titles. They, they were given for every one of us to be, to be taught and equipped out of their gift. So let me just give some... Maybe anything that I teach outside of salvation. Because I asked you if you were apostolic. Now, I think you might have heard me wrongly. You might have thought I asked you if you were an apostle. I didn't ask you if you were apostolic. Now, here's the thing. I don't think that you would question that the pastor's job is to help you to be more pastoral. The prophet's job is to help you to be prophetic. The evangelist's job is to help you to become more evangelistic. And the teacher's job, they should have a word for this, the teacher's job should be to make you more teacheric or something like that. That should be the word, you know? It would be a good word. If I was in charge of the English language, there would be a word, teacheric. So why don't we think the same with apostle? See, the apostle's job is to help you to become apostolic. And apostolic is a mindset and behavior which is the result of being influenced by an apostle. So now you might be going, I don't know any. I don't have an apostle in my life. Well, actually, I would be more than happy to call Carol an apostle. I believe she's, uh, she's a teaching, evangelistic, prophetic pastoral apostle I, I do I don't have any difficulty with that if I'm around her I, I feel and I'm aware of that but you might say well I'm not sure whether Carol's my apostle well that's okay Hebrews 3 says Jesus is the first apostle so if you have said to Jesus that he is my Lord my Savior 
I've given my life to him, I've trusted him, then you have come under the influence of an apostle. So if you do what he did, say what he says, believe what he believes and go where he goes, guess what? You just became apostolic. You're apostolic. An apostolic means you've been sent. You've been sent from heaven to earth to make earth like heaven. That's your assignment. That's all of our assignment. And actually it was given to us as a prayer. Pray this way, said Jesus, on earth as it is in heaven. You're apostolic. And not only are you apostolic, but you've been sent. John chapter 17, verse 18 says this. As the Father, this is Jesus speaking, as the Father sent me, so I send you. And he actually said in that chapter, I'm not just talking about you 12, guys. I'm talking about everyone who believes on account of my words. And you've read their words because you've read the Bible. So they wrote the words, we read them, so we've been sent. Honestly, for 25 years of my uh, Christian life, probably more, I was waiting for someone to send me. I was waiting for someone to lay hands on me, to, to pray for me, to commission me. I was working as a nurse. I was working in prison. I watched in church. They, they prayed for the deacons. They prayed for the elders. They prayed for the pastors. They prayed for the leaders. They prayed for the missionaries. But they didn't pray for the police, the doctors, the nurses, the hotel workers, the receptionists, the business owners. They didn't pray for them. But they should have done. See, I was frustrated by that, and maybe you're like that. Well, I have good news for you. Jesus has already sent you. He's already prayed for you. As the Father sent me, so I send you. See, here's my goal. This is my absolute goal, is when you sit at your desk tomorrow morning, walk into your classroom, go to your lecture, whatever you're doing, a bunch of students in here I know. I love being around students. I genuinely do. I really love teaching students. Whatever, whatever you do, maybe you're a doctor, maybe you're a nurse, maybe you're a waitress, maybe you're serving in a shop. Whatever it is you do, whoever you are, whatever you do, wherever you go, tomorrow morning, when you sit down at your desk or start your working day, I want you to know this. You are sent. You've been sent. And, and you know, there's about 3% of people who get paid to go to church. I mean, who in here gets paid to go to church? Yeah, I'm pretty much right. Three out of 100, 3%. 3% of you got paid to go to church. So if in any way the other 97% feel less valuable, less important, less significant, feel in any way second class to the people paid to go to church, we have a problem. We have a 97% disempowered army, which might be why we haven't seen what Jesus prophesied we would see. So I want you to know, whatever you do, whoever you are, wherever you go tomorrow morning, that you are a fully paid up minister of the gospel of the kingdom. And you've been sent from heaven to earth, commissioned by Jesus, the apostle. You are apostolic. You've been sent. You see, the gifts that Paul mentions in here, it says this, Christ gave gifts. Apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, teacher. 
for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. He didn't give the gifts to be titles for people who lead churches. He gave them to be gifts to be used to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And if you get nothing else out of anything I say, get this one thing. You're apostolic and you got sent and you are a minister of the gospel of the kingdom. Now, I believe that the language of Paul in the other, another book he wrote, Corinthians. We wrote to the Corinthians. And he said, first apostles. Now, if you get this wrong, you'll think that the apostles, you know, the big boss of it all. And, and some have done that a little bit. And, and, and some have bought, built networks and large churches and created hierarchical structures. I don't believe that that is what that language means. I believe that that language is first apostles, first the mindset of being apostolic, that, that every other office, every other gift, every other role in life must first have apostolic in front of it. See, I, I believe you should be an apostolic doctor, an apostolic nurse, a, an apostolic waitress, an apostolic mum, knowing that you have been sent to bring heaven to earth. So when I then look at these other four gifts, I look and I think, no, it's an apostolic prophet. It's apostle first, prophet. So what's an apostolic prophet? Well, an apostolic prophet is one who knows that they are sent from heaven to earth. One of the things that I think I've observed um, apostles doing in, very much in recent years is helping us to understand the goodness of God. Now that one thing has affected prophecy. So now we've got the prophet, who's an apostolic prophet, who is prophesying out of the goodness of God. Because some of us lived in an era where all the prophets did was prophesy bad stuff. Like they'd say, you know, there's earthquakes coming to California. It's like, that's not that clever actually. There are earthquakes all the time. So they were prophesying doom and gloom instead of bringing from heaven the goodness of God and prophesying out of the awareness of that. Now, one of the interesting things about both the apostle and the prophet is they bring tension. They bring what I call divine tension. See, how many of you have got a prophetic word that hasn't happened yet? Do you feel a little bit of tension? Like, when's it going to happen? Well, that's good. You're meant to. You're meant to feel tension because it's the tension between tomorrow and today. And without that tension, there isn't anything that's causing you to pull tomorrow into today. See, there's tension in the apostolic as well. Because, you know, the, the phrase we use a lot is, there's no cancer in heaven, so there should be none on earth. But sometimes we see cancer on earth. We see people we prayed for and we're like, gosh, this is hard. There's tension, but there's meant to be. Because we're on a journey, the journey that I talked about at the beginning in reading from the message. So the prophetic, they need to be apostolic prophets. And they need to teach you to be apostolic in your prophetic gift. Now, as I said before, the prophet does two things. They bring tomorrow into today, but they also create the culture in which that prophetic word can come to pass. And it creates tension. Somebody gives you a prophetic word and they say, I see you doing this. And you're like, I don't know how that's going to happen. That's the tension. 
That's good news. You need that. So there's the apostle who makes you apostolic. There's the prophet who helps you to be prophetic. And it's important that it's apostolic. Now, it also gets even more interesting when we look at the, the other three. Let, let's, let's jump for a minute to the teacher. See, you can study this Bible without knowing Jesus. You can study this Bible without being filled with the Holy Spirit. And you can reduce this just to a good book. But the teacher's job isn't to do that. The teacher's job is to be an apostolic teacher and, and, and to use their gift to equip you to read this book in relationship with the Holy Spirit and discover the limitless one. You see, a, a teacher or a theologian who doesn't know God, who isn't filled with the Holy Spirit, will use this book to limit, to, to reduce what you believe. But the apostolic teacher will help you in partnership with the Holy Spirit to study the Word of God and pursue the limitless one. That's what, that's what the apostolic teacher does. Now, I think it goes outside all the time, outside of church, because actually the teacher will cause you to desire revelation, to equip you for circumstances in life. I, I once developed a prison regime which came as a result of something that happened to me in worship. And, and I developed the whole regime in the prison I was working based on something, an idea I was given in worship. And, and in a way, it's that. You see, the teacher will help me to believe in the limitless one. So the teacher needs to be an apostolic teacher. And, and the pastor. The pastor needs to be an apostolic pastor. See, it's possible to care for people with the resources of earth and the compassion of earth. But that's not enough. Jesus is the good shepherd. And actually, even if you read the Old Testament, one of my favorite passages about pastors is Ezekiel 34. And there's actually a rebuke, basically calling pastors false shepherds. And one of the reasons they're false shepherds is because they don't heal the sheep. You see, the, the pastor is again meant to be apostolic. The pastor is bringing heaven to earth. Now, sometimes that's hard for a pastor because they're working with, with people and they can see the pain and the hurt and the disappointment. But the pastor is to bring hope into every situation that they pastor into. And um, I was actually saying earlier on about Andrew, I, one of the things I greatly respect about him is through some of the challenges that he's had in recent years of, of health, he never quit. Yeah. He never gave up. He endured. And, and endurance is actually a, a word in the Bible. Um, it, it, the Greek word is hupomone. Don't worry about that. But it means this. It, 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 me, it means the character of a man or woman unswerved from their deliberate purpose in life by even the greatest trials and sufferings. Why do I mention that? Because the outcome of that is that they become people who release hope. And actually, I believe one of the characteristics of the apostles in the Bible is that they bring hope. So the pastors to bring hope. Now, the pastor who just relies on the resources of earth and the compassion of earth is, is not the pastor that's described here. We're looking for apostolic pastors who bring hope. But remember, all of you are sent. And all of you are being equipped by the apostle, the pastor, the evangelist, the prophet, the teacher. So you're being equipped to go into your workplace and pastor, which means that you bring hope. 
One of the greatest enemies of the supernatural pastor is the fear of false hope. But don't worry about it. There's no such thing as false hope. Because we worship the God of all hope. He got it all. He grabbed it all. You, you actually can't bring false hope. Uh, the, the medical profession recognizes that actually hope helps people to heal quicker. It's, it's, it's proven. There's evidence-based research on this. And, and, you know, I've prayed for a lot of people. I, I've, I've prayed for people who didn't got, get what they believed they were going to get, but they've never written to me and complained about me bringing false hope. There's a verse in Proverbs that says, um, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life. It's been misunderstood. Some people think that if you don't get what you hope for, it's what makes you sick. It isn't. It's that you stop hoping that makes you sick. We need, so the pastor, the supernatural apostolic pastor, is one that's bringing heaven to earth, is bringing the hope of heaven to earth, is not, is not afraid of standing in front of impossible situations and speaking hope. And the evangelist. You know, the evangelist can lead someone to Jesus and tell them they're not going to go to hell, but they can do that without being apostolic. But I believe that the true apostolic evangelist is the minister of the gospel of the kingdom, not just the gospel of salvation. The gospel of salvation is in the gospel of the kingdom. See, the, the evangelist is, is, is going to preach the good news, but he's also going to disciple people so that they know that they are ministers of the gospel of the kingdom. For too long, we've discipled people to be good church-going Christians. It's not enough. We need to disciple people to be ministers of the gospel of the kingdom. You see, all of this for me says this. Every one of you here, you're apostolic, and you're being equipped here. You're being equipped to be apostolic and be prophetic and be pastoral, and be teachers, and be evangelists. And in your unique way, in your unique circumstances, you've been sent. And the outcome, you see, it's the outcome of this that matters to me. I, I, I get it. I, I know we need the gifts, but it's really the fruit that interests me. I mean, honestly, people don't stand and look at a fruit tree and say, what a nice fruit tree. They want to eat the fruit and say, that was a nice peach. That tasted good. I'm interested in the fruit. We need the tree, but it's really the fruit that matters. And, and what we read in this passage, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service. That's all of us. That's all of you. The 97% that aren't paid to come to church. That what you do this week, you, you're being equipped for in here. And it's going to look different. See, I, I'd love it if one of you went to work tomorrow and gave a prophetic word. That's wonderful. But every one of you can go to work tomorrow and create a culture that encourages people, comforts people, builds people up. You can all do that. That's what you're being equipped to do. Every one of you can, can pastor people around. You can, you can bring hope. Every one of you can walk into your workplace tomorrow and, and talk about the good things that are happening and not all the bad things that are happening. You can all do that. And all of you can, can be using your knowledge of the Word of God and being filled with the Holy Spirit to point people to a limitless God, to not limit His involvement in our world. See, you're all being equipped. That's the reason. These are given. They're gifts for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, for the building up of the body of Christ. Not just the building, not just the church, not just the Sunday meetings, but our global kingdom mission. 
And what's the outcome? Until we all attain to the unity of the faith. I, I read this as until we all realize that we're all in this together. And it looks different. It's going to look different to the nurse, to the person that's working in a shop. It's going to look different from the teacher to the graphic designer. But we're all being equipped for the work of service. And that work of service is to bring heaven to earth, to make earth like heaven. Until we all attain. Now, as for me, I haven't got there yet. I'm on the same journey. I haven't attained the unity of faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. This isn't a qualification, it's an invitation. It's an invitation to a destination that we all travel together. It's not about being qualified. And as a result, it says, we are no longer to be children tossed around by different beliefs and trickery and doctrine and all of that stuff. But we are to be built up. And the last verse in the group that Carol gave me to talk about is the one that really matters to me. See, it says this, from whom the whole body, the whole body, that's all of us together, being fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies. Every joint. And, and it's about every one of us working properly. You see, we need each other. We, we, we need all of you. If this church was just full of people who held microphones and preached, we got problems. Big problems. We need you. We need every one of you fitted to each other, in relationship, connected, doing what you do what you uniquely do, what you are uniquely gifted to do in here and out there in the world. We need you doing what you were born and created to do, your unique contribution. Let's not compare ourselves, but let's realize that when we do this, it causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. And my goal today, it's that when you get to work tomorrow, you know you were sent. You were sent from heaven to earth. That you are no less important than me or Carol or anyone else. That you're all fully paid up, fully enrolled, fully engaged ministers of the gospel of the kingdom. One of our great challenges in our world today is comparison. It's one of the great challenges. Social media makes comparison like it's, it's just in our faces all the time. Everyone else's life looks more glamorous, more successful. But the reality is, every one of us needs to own our story, our lives, and, and to realize that we get to make a contribution. See, that these gifts of Christ to the church, they're to equip the saints so that all of us become truly apostolic. See, the world needs apostolic teachers, needs apostolic cleaners, apostolic business owners, Apostolic nurses, apostolic graphic designers. It's what the world needs. Needs us to all know that we were sent from heaven to earth. You are apostolic. You are the sent ones. And I want to invite you to stand. And I want to pray for you that you'll know that you're sent. If you've been waiting maybe for someone to lay hands on you, you've looked around and thought, I'd really like to be sent to go and do this. I'd really like to be paid to go to church. Well, I have good news for you. You've already been sent. You've already had hands laid on you, as it were, by Jesus himself. And it doesn't get better than that. Because he said, as the Father sent me, so I send you. Father, it's my prayer today that everyone in here, everyone, everyone knows tomorrow morning 
I was sent. Sent by Jesus. I'm apostolic. Sent from heaven to earth to make earth like heaven. I pray that everyone will know that they can bring a word of love and encouragement, a word of comfort, a word of hope, that everyone can point someone else to the limitless one, that everyone can share good news, that every one of us are ministers of the gospel of the kingdom. And I say this over you, whoever you are, whatever you do, wherever you go, you're a gospel minister expanding the influence of the King to your place of work, to your home, to your community, to your relationships. And I bless you. And I ask that you will know without any shadow of a doubt that you're apostolic, you're sent, you're sent ones, you're valuable, you're significant, you matter. And when every one of us is working properly, every one of us is connected to each other, we will see the growth, the building up of the body in love. I bless you. You are sent. Go. Go and do what you were created to do. Go what and do what you were sent to do. Go and do what you've been commissioned by Jesus to do. Bring heaven to earth, whoever you are, whatever you do, wherever you go. In the name of Jesus, amen.